Welcome to the Business Launch Podcast. Join us as we get up close and personal with savvy entrepreneurs. Let's explore their business journey and how they navigated challenges and reached their goals. I'm your host, Carlos Simonio. Hey, it's Carla here from the Business Launch Podcast. I am very excited to be here with my special guest. He's got an extensive background in the radio industry, so he knows it from back to front. He worked in the regional areas, but he is one guy who actually we met through his Facebook group, and I think he's been a, he's been a legend in sharing his things that he's shared with me. Let's welcome Sam Blacker. How you doing, buddy? G'day, buddy. I'm going good. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Yes, the podcast is doing really well. And really, I think your group has been actually helping me a lot and in, in picking up a few things here and there. Oh, so let's you. let's go and you know, tell us about yourself. So where did you grow up and how did you get started in in this space? Okay. It's a long story. (laughs) Hey, I'm happy to listen. (laughs) First started growing up in Bendigo until I was about nine in Victoria. Then the family, my dad just loved the ocean. So we moved up to Port Macquarie in New South Wales, still regional. And I think that's, it's been an interesting experience for me. I always wanted to live in the city, but I grew up regional being like, there's not a lot to do here. And when I finished school, I took a gap year. I did some work work experience at the local ABC in Port Macquarie, just two weeks. The first announcer I ever met walked in wrinkled pajamas and then sat down behind the (laughs) desk and did a show. And I was like, awesome. I want to do this. Uh, I then made that my goal. I moved down to Melbourne and studied at Swinburne University. I did the Bachelor of Media and Communications. And my goal was they had this thing. It was like a year where you could work in an industry. And I was like, I'll do that. And then I'll just work in radio. And then I got there and I realized, oh, that wouldn't work. And I'd made this whole move on a faulty premise and none of it worked. I was like, I don't know what. I'm... And then it just so happened that one of the only two year-long graduate diplomas in Australia for commercial radio, one of them was taught at Swinburne University. Wow. So I finished my bachelor's, got into that. It was only 20 people per year. And mine was the final year. They ended the degree after my year, it ran for 24 years. And Swinburne was like, nah, it's not making us enough money, I think. Which was a tragedy because at that time, if you went to any regional radio station, there'd be at least one person working there who'd done that degree. It was so influential. It got your work placement. It got your connections. I was incredibly lucky to do it. And because I did that work placement in that degree, at the end of the year, I one day woke up to an email that just said it was from the program director, like one of the bosses at the place I'd done work experience at. It was him emailing another program director saying, hey, I noticed you need someone. I'd recommend Sam. And that guy reached out to me and said, yeah, we'd like to hire you. And that's how I got my first job in radio, working in Alice Springs. Alice Uh, Springs. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't own a car, so I had to buy a car. And I drove from Melbourne to Alice Springs and became the local breakfast announcer, which was wild. Like, I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was just like, yep go just sit in and do the show from there quick 
jumps. I then moved to Jindabyne in the Snowy Mountains. I was doing a few things there, music directing, a bit of commercial production and workday announcing before eventually moving into hosting the breakfast show there. I then moved to Ballarat. Uh, for a little brief stint, did some workday announcing, did an afternoon show and also what's called imaging producing, which is when you listen to a radio station, you hear like the, you're listening to yes. and song grab. So I made the imaging for the station. I then moved to Wave FM in Wollongong and produced the breakfast show there before moving to Nowra to host the breakfast show there. I did that. There was a few move arounds there. And eventually after about a year and a half in Nowra, I got offered... Uh, the breakfast hosting job for Mackay and the Wit Sunday's hit network with Southern Cross Osterio. And I was doing that for about a year and a half until during COVID, and I they will not claim this, but I claim this, Southern Cross Osterio <laughs> decided they'd been wanting to get rid of local breakfast announcers for ages, I reckon. And they were like, <laughs> oh, COVID's a great excuse. <laughs> so they did that and they decided they were going to network all their breakfast shows. Uh, so they'd be like, a Queensland show, it's the way it is now, a Queensland show, a New South Wales show, Victoria yeah. show, they're all done out of hubs. And yeah. so I lost, I got made redundant. I lost my job. And then my show was the Sam and Rate show. Ours was the only regional show to get picked up by competition in the same market. Excellent. So I got picked up by Star 101.9 in Mackay. And in eight months, we took Star from number three to number one and hit. Our former station went from number one to number three in eight months. It was the best feeling ever. And I was like, you know what? There's been a lot of highs and lows in this radio life. I've been kicked off shows. I've been made redundant. Things have gone wrong and right in various ways. It's exhausting. I've been getting up early for so long. I'm going to leave on a high. And so then I started the podcast Butler, which is my business now. Yeah. I hope you make podcasts. It's been quite a journey for you in this audio industry, in this breakfast radio. You would have had to wake up four, yeah. four five in the morning. For a very long time, it looks like. My poor partner, whenever we'd go out at nighttime, she could tell. It'd get to like 39. We'd be out for drinks and I would fall asleep in booths. Like she could just see my eyes starting to slump and and my body slump and she'd be like, oh, he's gone. (laughs) I've lost him. (laughs) That would quickly usher me out and drive me home because I'd just fall asleep. Yeah. It would have been taxing on the body for just that many long so guys like jackie kyle and jackie o would be yeah i don't they don't so this is the thing like i what i would never want to do what they do it's it looks exhausting also they have a team when you're in regional radio there was no producers we did it all wow so i did the breakfast show i was also the one answering the phones i was the one making the audio packages i was the one making the videos i was the one doing the social media posts i was organizing the promotions or me and my co-host we were the only two doing it there was no you had a promotions manager, but you'd pitch a lot of ideas and then you'd run a lot of them anyway. Like there was not a team like Kyle and Jackie O have, I don't know how many, but they've got a sea it of seems people. like they've got 10, 15 people <laughs> yeah. getting their coffee. Yeah. God, I'd kill for that. <laughs> let's, let's go segue through going to podcast Butler. You finished up at... Mackay, is it? Yeah. So what sort of happened was like when I got made redundant, I didn't immediately know that I was going to get picked up by the competition. And I've been doing podcasting for years on the side. I did a a variety of different podcasts. Yeah. I saw Um, you had a, you got, you had two podcasts previously. Yeah. 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 
the one, the third one that was more just a, a crap talk podcast, but two, two that I've been very proud of shame yeah. feeder. And I work with a nightmare, but yeah, I was doing those on the side and I've been kicking around this idea of run, helping people make podcasts. And then when I got made redundant, I was like, this industry is not reliable radio. That is, I need to have an exit strategy. And so even when I got picked up, by star and i was very grateful it's probably the best year of my radio career was working for them which is why i was so happy to leave on a high yeah. but i was like you got to leave when it's good because it's always ups and downs you never know when it's going to be down again leave when it's good and then go into this business and yeah like so i the whole of 2021 i was running the business on the side i was i don't know how i didn't collapse from exhaustion you would have been I, doing long hours on the radio plus doing Editing mm. on the side, I'd say. Yeah, because I edit, but I also consult. Like I do all this stuff. It wasn't until I moved here to Newcastle and I left radio and I moved all of the hours of work I'd been doing for the podcast Butler into normal hours rather than on the side. Yeah. And I realized the amount of work I'd been doing filled full-time hours. So I was like, I've just been doing two full-time jobs. <laughs> it's it's credit to your hard work, I guess. it's It would have been a lot of hard work in in doing that and being able to slide straight into your business straight from doing the radio, radio hosting. Yeah. Um, I think very quickly, I was very lucky, like in my early years in radio and especially in regional radio, God, they crack the whip hard. Like it's just expected that you work far longer than you should. So at some of my other stations, I'd been getting there at the station at four and I wasn't leaving till three in the afternoon. So then, hour days. yeah, oh, insanely yeah. long days. So then, when I got to Star in Mackay, they were like, "Look, you were already number one at Hit. Just do what you want to do. We trust you." So mm -hmm. I got to reduce my hours significantly, and we still got to win. And then, so because I'd reduced my hours, but I still had that ability to really push myself because I'd been doing it for a decade. That's I think how I managed to do the podcast Butler without just collapsing immediately. <laughs> What was the early wins with Podcast Butler for you when um, you started? I think the early wins were just getting clients. I was incredibly lucky. I went into it, but I didn't know how I was going to make it work. Like I hadn't made, I, I, you hear people talking about starting their businesses and having business strategies and everything else. I had nothing. Like I've legitimately been very lucky and... Or, and I think lucky in the sense of I've gone in the directions that have worked for me and I haven't consciously made those decisions, but I made them and I was very lucky that I did. And so going into podcasting worked really well for me because a lot of people, when they start a podcast, they go, I don't know how to start a podcast. <laughs> what do I do? And they turn to their radio friends because yeah. that's the next closest thing. And if you know someone in radio, you're like, cool. Can you help me? And a lot of those radio friends don't have time or they know enough to know yeah. it's not the same thing. Yeah. I'd been in radio for 10 years. So mm. I knew a lot of people in radio. So all these people were asking their radio friends and their radio friends were going, I don't know, ask Sam. And so I got very lucky in that respect. So I got a few clients. One of the big ones was She's on the Money. Really big millennial finance podcast, lovely team. And I was just really lucky there. The other one was... I cold approached a podcast called Seize the A, hosted by Sarah Davidson, who is also incredibly lovely and yeah. so supportive. And she's been my only cold approach client because I haven't needed to since. Everyone's been so supportive. But yeah. I got one. I got one through a referral from the friends. She's on the money. And then I got 
the cold approach success with CZA and those two big clients were really big wins early on that I think set me up to some pretty, pretty great achievements later on down the track. Was it did because the skills that you learned as a full-time radio host and doing all the other things that other big city radio shows Mm. weren't doing so you had that skills in going to podcasting or hosting a podcast or being able to edit podcasts yeah absolutely and like the thing is there's still a difference between radio editing for radio and editing for podcasting and so I was very lucky that these podcasts took me on early on because it was and I've never really openly admitted this but it was still a pretty steep learning curve for me as well so that's the thing you need a few podcasts to work on to learn so I was definitely learning as well but yeah I had all that experience and having that editing work on the side allowed me to expand and then have enough money under me to then start doing the coaching and the the advice giving my partner hears me all the time on the phone to my clients and she's like you need to stop just telling people stuff for free but I can't help myself (laughs) <laughs> just like telling people, you're like, oh, just do this. It'll, it'll make things a little better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. The podcast industry, I've been wanting to actually have my own podcast for 10, 10 so years. And during COVID or my last contract working, I'm finished. And I thought, wow, this is a probably the, the perfect time to get into podcasting. And it was a steep learning curve for me, trying to editing, trying to find the right software, being able to record and do interviews as well. In terms of starting your own business, were there any downfalls or any anything that got you, like you were having problems with that you thought that, hey, this, this I may have gone the wrong way doing this? I've, I've really tried to think about this. A... Like it goes back to what I was saying before. I was, I would think I've been very, very lucky, like incredibly lucky because I came into it very naively confident. Not, oh yeah, I'm going to kill this or anything. (laughs) It was just, I don't think I thought far enough ahead. Like all I'd done was my partner can work, works in events so we could move anywhere. We wanted to move to Newcastle. I knew I probably wouldn't be able to get a radio job in Newcastle. (laughs) So I was like, I just need to have a business that can allow me to work there. So I guess it'll be this podcast business. And then I guess over the next year, I've just got to get enough clients to, to make that work. And I'd like casually said to my partner, like early last year, oh, if I can get five clients before we leave Mackay, that'd be great. I had so much more than that when I left. And it was just because it, people, I was just really lucky. I put like, tons of crap on socials and made myself look really professional, far more professional than I was. I was giving info videos and quotes and all that sort of stuff. One of my first clients, when they talked to me, they were like, okay, great. So will it be you editing this or will it be someone who works for you? And I was, <laughs> I didn't have the balls to tell them. They were my first client. Like, <laughs> I didn't have anyone working for me. That so I fun. just lied and got lucky but there was not really any point where I was like I oh I've made the wrong move or this is going really wrong maybe the closest I could come to it is oh maybe I've been charging my initial clients too little to start 
I think there's very much a balancing act there. Like I think, like I said before, it's a learning curve for me as well. So I don't want to be charging them too much because that's taking the piss. Yeah. But with podcast clients, by the nature of them being podcasts, they're not going anywhere and you can only fit in so many in your time. That's so right. if you start too many of them on a low amount, it's not fun having that negotiation to increase. All of my clients were lovely about it, but I hate money chat yeah. and money negotiate. I was not looking forward to it, but that's probably the hardest bit. Otherwise, yeah, I was incredibly it's, lucky. It's been a smooth sailing transitioning from radio, having your own business. Yeah, yeah. What makes your business stand out from your competitors, I'd say? Yeah, that's something else I had to really think about because I look at others in the industry and I see some really incredible people doing what they do. And I don't think there's any necessarily one thing. I think what makes me stand out is my relationship with my existing clients because I have plenty of strengths, but a lot of the others may have similar strengths or different varieties that might outmatch me or undermatch me in different ways. So I don't know if I can stand out to new clients solely on their own, but I stand out to my existing ones and they refer me on, which is why, like I said before, Seize the A is the only other cold approach client I have. Every other client I've got has just been referred to me and I've got almost, we're talking off air, I've got nearly 15 clients. It's, it's the best kind of business when you have referral business because you, the hard thing with starting a business is trying to find the, a first client, especially. But having it referred to you is like a dream come true. Yeah. So I think your own yeah. hours, you set your money. Yeah. I think so. What makes you stand out is my relationship with my existing clients. And in that relationship, it's the fact that I'm honest and upfront. If I don't think I can do something or I don't think something will work, I tell them. One of my first pitches to every client is that I'm a guide. I'm not going to tell them what is the wrong and right answer because, and you'll have learned this, yeah. I don't think with podcasting, there is a wrong and right answer. Yeah, One true. of my favorite sayings is, I shouldn't say saying because I, it's, I made it up. That sounds wanky, <laughs> doesn't it? One of the things I like to say to clients is the wrong thing can work for the right person. Yeah. So something that has been causing other podcasts to fail, purely based on maybe the nature of your voice or your personality, it might be what makes your podcast succeed. Yeah. So I'm never going to tell someone outright, don't do that. I will say I would advise against it because of this and this, but if you feel strongly about it, let's try it. Yeah. And I think by having that very personal, trusting relationship, that's what makes me stand out because my clients then talk so strongly about me to other people. It's so great to, to be able to connect with your customers, being able to be honest, because the trust factor is just next to none because whatever advice you give them, it's just, yeah, hmm. let's try it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What motivates you daily, Sam? My dog, my fiance, and sunny days. Uh, <laughs> I, this is another one I really struggled with thinking about when I got the questions because I, I look back on a week and I'm like, I just did it. I don't yeah. know why, but I think looking more long-term, my goal is to build this up so I can finally live life a bit slower 
a bit more comfortably. And there might be some other people who've run their own businesses or started their own businesses listening to that and laughing and being like, that's not going to happen. You will always be busy running your own business. Uh, the goal is to get there so that I can enjoy my time with my dog, my fiance, and enjoy the sunny days. Yeah. At the moment, I'm working pretty long hours and I would like to eventually get to not having those long hours. And so that motivates me to just keep going, keep making that money, keep getting new clients and experiences so that I can grow the business and maybe, yeah, get it going even further. Get it, start hiring people, I guess, sometime down the track. I think you'd have your own systems in place already, I'd say. It'd be easier to pass that on once you, when you decide to go and hire someone, I guess. You'd think that. (laughs) I think it's the downside of what I was saying before about that relationship with the clients and being so personal. And understanding that podcasting is so fluid, because of that, every podcast is different and the way I work with every podcast is different. So it's like a different system for every single podcast, which makes it pretty chaotic. But yeah, we'll get there eventually. I I wanted to say I'm motivated to grow the business. And then I remember that's one of my goals, which I think is a further question coming up. So I just shut up. We'll get to that later. (laughs) And we'll get that to that later in life or in business. Who were your influences growing up? So in life, my dad's my influence. He's a social worker. I always joke that he's one of the least practical men I know. Like he just did. And I inherited it all from him. He gave me emotional empathy and no practical skills, but he's always been honest and good. And I think that is something like whenever I've encountered really big hurdles with clients or even in some professional capacity, there was some ethical decisions I had to make. And I just called him and I was like, what do you reckon? I am I know there's one choice that was the easy choice and one choice is the better choice. And he'd always counsel me and it'd be, I think if I didn't even have him as a figure or an inspiration to look at, I might not even think to call him to ask that question. I might just go for the easy choice, but he's been a really big influence in that respect in terms of like business influences this is another one i don't know because i fell into this at no point was my plan to start a business until i started a business and then i just did it like i hear all these other people who are like i read all these books and i've got these people i follow online like give me all this inspiration i did these courses and i didn't do any of that (laughs) I I don't know how my business is running because I didn't take any inspiration from business people. But yeah, that's it's just my dad who arguably is not a businessman. Uh, It's perfect. But having someone influence you to do great things and do teach you little empathy is an actual skill that you need to have in business, I think, Mm. and being able to relate to, to your clients or customers. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of the hardest things that people, it's either you got it or it's hard to learn to be able to. I think, sorry, I think that also like I was talking before my partner hears me like on chats to clients when I'm first onboarding them and she's like, stop giving away all that stuff. Stop. And I think that comes across as well. Like I say to people when I'm initially doing a consult, I'm like, I want you to succeed no matter what, even if you don't use me as your person for podcasts. I'm going to give you some tips in this chat regardless. And I think that intent, that positive intent comes across and that 
generally ensures that I get the client from that meeting. And that all comes from me just wanting them to do well and care. And that care came from my dad. Yeah. So, yeah. It's great to have parents, especially I've got my parents have been influential in things that I do in life, raising up three kids. Really? Uh, Yeah. And uh, yeah, having be, being able to be family orientated, I'd say, do you have kids? Not yet. Not yet. Just the fur baby. Just the dog. uh, Which generally (laughs) enrages parents. (laughs) When you refer to your dog as as your baby, they're just like, you don't know. But I understand. No, definitely. Uh, I've got two two pets, two two budgies as pets. So they're pretty much like my uh, fourth and fifth child. (laughs) Do your children know that? (laughs) My my. My kids, my my youngest said, "Oh, I'm a big brother to this too." Yeah, so it's it, they love. It's just a small knit family, I'd say. Yeah, small knit. There's five of them. There's five of them. <laughs> Let's go forward. Anyway, going forward, what big goals do you have for Podcast Butler? Okay, this is something three ten years. I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. This is, I really appreciated this question because I'm not good at thinking ahead unless I'm forced to. That's why, like, I didn't start this business until my partner was like, hey, we, I want to move at some point. And I was like, I have to get out of radio then. So it forced me to think about getting the business working. I was like, I'm just going to get it to that point. So this question's the same. Uh, I definitely want to get the business to the point where I can hire employees or have subcontractors set up and make the service become a little more automated a little more seamless and still have my touch, my oversight, my sort of methodology to how we approach it. Like it'd probably be the editing with that whole mindset of caring about it. I also, you know, this from the Aussie podcasters Facebook group (laughs) we're in, I just bought a bunch of podcasting equipment (laughs) and I really want to create a sidearm of the business where I lease out the podcast equipment. with an audio producer. So instead of people having to pay exorbitant amounts for a studio, I want to send a producer with that equipment to people's homes so they can short-term lease out the equipment and record at home. And that's, yeah, that's another thing. And then really long-term, I want to, and I don't know if this is possible, a few of my clients are with networks already, but I would love to create a podcast network around my clients and start bringing in a sales team to create revenue for the yes. podcasters and myself. That's a that's that's a big goal, and yeah. we'll see how it goes because there's a lot of those bigger networks trying to shut down all the small ones. So that's we'll see true. what happens. I was before I actually started this podcast. I was actually talking to a friend. We actually started a business on the side during COVID, and we were at the impression of doing small podcasts or different niche markets where we can go in podcasting and have a hub, a network on exactly what you're trying to do. So I think it's, there's so many podcasts sprouting there as well. So mm-hmm. especially for you, 15, 15 clients being, a, that's like a, that's a whole business in itself. I'd say, yeah. It's, yeah. And I think there's room to grow in really micro podcasts. Like I think for businesses, the example I always use is I live in Newcastle. If you own a real estate company in Newcastle and you launch and run the Newcastle real estate podcast, doesn't matter if you don't get many listens. You now own the Newcastle real estate podcast. Like no one else 
has that name, you have it. You're the guy or the lady from the Newcastle Real Estate Podcast. You might get maybe 100 listens an episode, but that's 100 people that may eventually then turn to you yes, and use right. you as a realtor. It gives them hours of time to get to know you yeah, and, and feel like they trust you and then go to you. And so you don't need to make money from advertising for that. But yeah, like all those micro ones. That's right. Yeah. Specific to regions. I've always said once podcasting or podcasts can be searched for via geographic location, radio's dead. Because imagine you go to Spotify and you search for podcasts in Newcastle. Maybe you put in like the postcode and then you can just see all the podcasts in your area, the local news podcast. Yeah, like yeah. Sport. yeah, so yeah, I think there's, I think podcasting, even though it's been, let's say 10, 15 years, I've been listening to podcasts. I think it's still, it's in infancy with where it should be. Oh, there's so much more I can do. And so many interesting things. I've got a friend who makes choose your own adventure podcasts, the choose your own adventure books. Yes. And those aren't even mainstream yet. Imagine when they become like, there's just so many things we can do with podcasting that I don't think has been fully explored yet. Yeah. Things we haven't even thought of and I can't wait to find them out. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great goal for you. Great. Um, five, even I think it's sooner than that. I think mm -hmm. you'll be able to reach that kind of goal. Um, Cheers, mate with advice for aspiring podcasters or mm -hmm. aspiring business owners what's your top three advice for them number one focus on your strengths like if you can do something do it <laughs> like, <laughs> i you don't need to make like a, a 180 degree pivot from what you're doing my pivot from doing radio and everything I was doing in radio to running a podcast business. While it's a whole business on its own, it's probably like a 30 degree pivot. Like it's not that big of a change and it relied on all the skills I still had, but it's in some ways completely different. And in some ways still using a lot of my strengths. It's using my content knowledge. It's using my editing knowledge. It's skills that a lot of other people don't have. So you can find another way to use your strengths that's different to what you're currently doing. My second tip is to bullshit. I just, awesome. I think there's no way you're going to get started unless you bullshit. I hope swearing's okay on the podcast. No, it's I, all I've good. been holding it's all off. Good. But there's, like I said, that first client who asked me, oh, will it be you editing or will it be someone in your team? And I was just like, someone working for you. And I just said, oh, no, it'll be me. I'm doing the personal touch. I didn't tell them there was no one else working for me. <laughs> like, I'm not saying if you have no experience, say that you're an expert. Don't do that. But you can blur the lines a little. It's how you get a chance. And then you have to live up to it. You still got to be. And bullshit, by the way, it sounds like I'm saying something counter to what I was saying earlier about being honest yeah. and trustworthy. I think you still got to be honest that you can do the job. That's right. But it's almost just confidence in yourself. Like the bullshitting is almost bullshitting to yourself as yes. much as it is to them. Trusting um, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say trust, I say bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Same but different, they say in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. And then my third tip is know that you'll learn as much from your clients as customers as they get from you, especially in the beginning. At the starting point, especially, you are not perfect. And you have a lot of growing to do. Again. 
counter to the bullshit point, which was like, you can be confident, <laughs> but like also know that like you're going to learn a lot when you first start and it's a real steep learning curve. So take it all on and learn it. Don't go into it thinking you know everything because you'll crash and burn. Yeah. Great. I think everything, all three of those can be applied to any business, either podcasting or just a small brick and mortar kind of business. I think. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) In terms of impact, how do you Mm -hmm. want to impact the world and what kind of legacy do you want to have for yourself? I'd like to help the smaller podcasts become bigger and stem the tide of the bigger networks that are trying to kill off the independents mm-hmm. <laughs> because they are like, they see the money as being with them in the big networks and they are the only way to go in their mind. I think independent podcasting is beautiful and amazing and it allows for so much more variety and just more chance, more ability to take chances. So I want to just have allowed that to keep growing, even if it's never attributed to me. If I can see that in 10, 20 years time, independent podcasting still around and still thriving, I'll feel pretty good about that. Yeah, that is a great thing to to have, being able to pass on your knowledge, I guess. Yeah. A fun question or uh, some of my guesses, hey, I, I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. I listen mm. more. So if you could recommend one book to our listeners, what would it be and why? So I, again, had to think about this one. I feel like I've said that a lot in this podcast. Hey, it's Ooh. all right. <laughs> it's good. I like to be made to think because I don't really, like I read a lot, but I mostly read fiction. Nice. And I love like a bit of sci-fi fantasy or some crime fiction and I think the last time I read an autobiography, I was 14 and I read Jim Carrey's autobiography and that was it. (laughs) That was all I've done. Any of those like inspirational help books or anything, I just, with all kindness to anyone who's done them, I fall asleep. I need a story. And even more than that, because a story is in an autobiography. I think I just, I like that fiction challenges me to imagine something that I normally wouldn't be imagining, a whole world. It just sort of, it pulls your brain in a direction you're not normally pulling it in. So the book I'm recommending is The Magician by Raymond E. Faced. Great fantasy series. That's the starting point. There's a few little weird points in there, but it's a great series. Uh, But The Magician's the starting point and highly recommend. Some fiction books actually relate to businesses. I think some people can go and actually imagine what you can do in different areas, I'd say. Yeah, it's perfect book. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you again. So it's been a great chat as well. Oh, um, if the listeners of the podcast wanted to reach out or any business want to work with you, how can they get in touch with you? So there's my website, thepodcastbutler.com. Yep. You can find my socials, Podcast Butler on Facebook and Instagram. Send me a message. I'm all up for a chat. As I will chat about <laughs> podcasting as much as I can. I love it. I love it. I love it. Even if you're just wanting to like kick the tires, see what's around, get a bit of an idea of exactly what I'm doing, I will chat for too long. And, <laughs> and then I'll turn around and be like, shit, it's Christmas time. And I'm really like, I'm under the pump, but someone's just messaged me about podcasting. I better spend an hour talking to them. <laughs> uh, I'm actually the same now. Now I've been doing this for just under three months now. It's just someone wants to go have a chat with podcasting. I'm 
I'm always happy to mm-hmm. listen or help wherever I can. It's just a, a great medium to be able to connect with people as well. I think it's the freest medium. Yeah. It's more than any, and I've been in media, more than any other media medium, podcasting is really free and really allows the communication of ideas and thoughts in and content in greater variety than anywhere else and in greater accessibility like tv and radio they're so censored they're so controlled even youtube and stuff like that in that respect you need to be sitting down and watching podcast you can just be listening anywhere you can be driving you can be going around so it's i think it's the freest medium yeah i am biased though (laughs) (laughs) hey it's it's the business that you're in (laughs) so it's great to to actually sit down with an actual podcaster who's actually knows how to work from the start all the way to the finish, I'd say, of an actual episode or editing everything. It's a lot of hard work, especially for someone new like myself. Mm. You're doing a great job though, man. Congratulations. Yeah, it's It's been a steep learning curve for me, but it's been just a fun journey. And thank you for being part of my journey anyway. And it's just been a absolute pleasure for having you sam yeah mate i'm honored to be on the podcast and i really appreciate you inviting me on yeah thank you again any last words oh just have a crack at podcasting guys (laughs) just do it like get started sooner rather than later you can do it on your own it never even has to hear the light of day have a bit of fun with it. When it comes to business, I'd say the same approach. Like just dip your toes in, have a try at something. Again, the idea never has to see the light of day, but if the idea has been at the back of your head, bring it to the front and have a little bit of a play around with it. Yeah. Excellent. I will make sure that people go get, reach out to you. Come visit Sam at the podcastbutler.com and he has some great insights in business and in podcasting thank you once again sam and i will have a chat with you shortly thank you you've been listening to the business launch podcast stay tuned for more episodes and come and visit our website at businesslaunch.agency. Thank you and have a great day.